Hey, Vincent, you got a minute? I do. Good. Let me tell you about this podcast called Table Flipping. Oh, what's that about, Lynn? Well, I'm glad you asked, my friend. Table Flipping is a podcast where Taylor Mishak and Elisa Littman recap current episodes of reality TV, as well as interview fellow writers, actors, and comedians about their favorite reality TV shows. This is a place where you can go to find out, oh, let's see, uh, who went home on The Bachelor, if J-Lo and A-Rod are on or off again, or maybe even reminisce over shows like The Simple Life or The Hills all in one place. This is the show to do it, table flipping. Oh, very nice, very nice. And just for our listeners, we're going to give them a taste of table flipping by presenting an interview that they did with comedian Ryan O'Flanagan, where the host and Ryan sat down and talked about, among other things, the intersection of Black Lives Matter and reality TV. Well, sometimes the real intersects with reality, doesn't it? Indeed. This promises to be a very interesting episode, as do all of the episodes of Table Flipping. Sometimes they have guests such as Sean Clements of the Hollywood Handbook, or Michael H. Weber, the writer of 500 Days of Summer, and many, many more. Wow, that sounds like a winner to me. It's a cool show, Vince, I'm telling you. I mean, it's table flipping. Who hasn't ever sat down to watch some reality TV and just felt like just flipping the table? Just like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I know myself, I oftentimes do that. Yes, I know. And that causes very long sessions here on The Mission. Table Flipping <laughs> is brought to you by The Podglomerate. And you can check out new episodes every Friday, or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. So please give them a listen. Check them out. But no flipping. No flipping. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Taylor. Uh, we've been talking about how we wanted to talk today on the first part of our episode more about what is going on in the world and our city and how we've been feeling. <laughs> and we do have like a couple of, uh, you know, reality TV things to talk about, but they're all really connected to the Black Lives Matter movement. And we think that dedicating the majority of this episode to this general discussion is just a small way of using our platform for good because as silly as it can be just making this podcast it's also very much from our hearts and something you and I really care about and work really hard on and in terms of anyone's contribution right now I think there is no act too small especially if it is coming from the heart and it's been very inspiring for me to see like so many artists who are creating really moving pieces that are dedicated to the Black Lives Matter movement and to victims of police brutality and murder. And I mean, if all creative people are dedicating their craft right now, whatever the fuck it is, whether it is painting or podcasting or fucking 
nail art, this, <laughs> if everybody's doing everything dedicated to this very one sole purpose, it's going to make waves in a very effective way that will help cause change. And I think in a very beautiful way. So us dedicating this little part of our episode to this discussion and checking in with each other, I think is the, is the right thing to do. So I hope you guys are all on board with that. And we will be ending the episode with a, uh, an interview with Ryan O'Flanagan, who's a really great comedian. And it kind of goes back to our true to form form of the podcast and just like having some fun talking about a dumb show. And believe me, the show we talk about is the dumbest thing ever. Um, so please just bear with us and let's have a tough conversation and then have some laughs with Ryan. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's well said. I want to start by saying that, um, you know, outside of this podcast, I consider myself somebody who's really plugged into politics and activism and tries to stay informed and participate in our government. And I uh, am consistently shocked every single day by things I'm seeing and learning. And that is a huge part of my privilege and the way that my skin color looks and the way that I see society and I have been totally rocked <laughs> on mm. all levels in my life. I can't unsee the way that white supremacy and I'm not saying being a white supremacist, I'm saying white supremacy in our society props up these people and allows them certain privileges that sweep this conversation under the rug. I had mm. such a tough time, you know, everything else aside, I'm sure we're all seeing the same videos of violence against human beings who are literally asking for a man who murdered someone in front of the world to be held accountable. And our Democratic and Republican governments are covering for the violence. They are literally making excuses and lies for reasons why people are being permanently maimed asking for accountability. That's what I've seen this week. Aside from that, my usual self-care process of taking a break and watching Bravo and watching different reality shows that we love to talk about, the lens that I'm viewing them with has totally changed. Mm -hmm. I cannot watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Real Housewives of New York without seeing that every single one of these women is white and mm -hmm. every single one of them has ties to a system that put them in a position of privilege with money and power because they are white. It doesn't mean that they are all hateful towards black people. It means that we need to start having very tough conversations with each other and with Bravo about why these shows are so segregated and do not reflect the cities that they are representing it's I, i'm just like I, i'm i'm so shaken this is not about me i can only imagine how difficult this is for people who are black but i just want to express that the seriousness of this and how it touches every single piece of our life it's not enough to just post black lives matter it's not enough to just post a square on instagram I'm sure everyone means well by this, but you need to dig down in your soul and find the courage to talk to the people in your life who are not black so that they understand how much privilege they're benefited from. 
that's mm-hmm. how I feel right now. I'm having yeah. tough conversations with my family. I'm having tough conversations with friends who maybe they are not openly racist. They are not privately racist. They are just disengaged. And yeah. in the same way that not voting in an election is deciding the outcome of that election, you need to look at the way you are conducting your life and the way that you're having conversations with people and the way that you're posting and what you're watching and everything the way that it's contributing to the system. If you are not having these conversations, you're contributing to it. That's how I feel. And surprisingly, I will say so many people who I thought, you know, I'm used to being the annoying girl. Like, have you registered to vote? Did you knock doors? Like all that shit, right? This is bigger than that, but that's just an example. And I'm used to being like, okay, like Alyssa's, you know, it's like a little exhausting. Can we have a break? (laughs) So many people that normally feel that way are being so responsive and called to action and are educating themselves. And it's like been a really positive outcome this week. I would say like five or six of my people in my immediate circle who are good people. They don't, they're not, they're not the people out here screaming the n-word or you know calling for blue lives matter or any of that they're just not necessarily as active as i normally am and i'm not saying like i'm the perfect model either i've become even more active this week they're like what can i do where can i email who should i call what can i post about i mean people are taking down like Estee Lauder for supporting Trump and all the brands that they all their beauty brands like Mac and Bumble and Bumble and Too Faced and all of these companies Dr. Jart that we all use I mean our beautiful skin and faces are being used (laughs) to donate money to the man who is using military against his own civilians that is the level of outrage I want you to give up your eyeshadow that is the level of (laughs) outrage that I want from every single person every single person if you don't have a platform it's okay you have people in your life who will listen to you and this will collectively make a difference I'm fucking fired up I am not okay (laughs) yes I love it no it's good this is good it's also so important first of all I fucking love you're the first person who has recently drawn my attention to this like fucking Estee Lauder bullshit and the irony on that considering how fucking ugly inside and out Trump is I'm never gonna get over but it's also important to look at like we're seeing and I'm like donating as much as I possibly can to all of the places that I feel so passionately about but it's not even it's like beyond just donating think about just like spending your money in the right places and we're seeing all of these awesome lists of like black owned businesses and black owned restaurants and black owned black owned bookstores but find find more fucking Estee Lauders too and decide that's not where my money's gonna go and this is not I'm not gonna fucking be complicit in any of this we're not and doing also having Brandy these... Melville we're not doing Urban Outfitters keep going sorry fuck go no ahead. love it no let's I want them all I think it's also important we're talking about having these difficult conversations like just yesterday I saw the like if you click this link, it shows you your Facebook friends who like Trump. And I can I just say I clicked on the link and like three of my most progressive friends are on that list. So there's something fucking wrong with it. And also, if that list or anything like that is prompting you to be like, well, these are the people I'm cutting out of my life. I challenge you to instead try to engage with them first and try to have really difficult conversations. I've had, I've been very inspired by a lot of my friends who have, I've either seen screenshots of or they've described to me conversations they've had with like a camp friend they knew when they were seven that posted something problematic or a friend on their Facebook that isn't posting anything. And they've 
had amazing conversations and are really changing people. It's like that's these are the have those have the difficult conversations with people inside of your bubble and outside of your bubble. Like to just you just need to be talking to everyone. And don't sure. do, don't use it as an excuse to disengage, like to disengage. Use it as an excuse to engage. And I feel like so many people look. It's hard, right? You want to like it's a, there's a there's an argumentative nature to somebody saying like, well, it's wrong that they're looting businesses, right? That's like that's like a hard thing not to get pissed off at, in my opinion. Mm. But you have to allow them to say that, and then you need to be armed with information like there's a difference between property damage and irreparable violence against someone's body and life, right? So allow them to say what they think they're going to what they think and then challenge them with new information that they may not have heard in a non-argumentative way. I've learned about this this week and it's very difficult. I've started a lot of arguments and then had to circle back like nothing was wrong and keep going with nice conversations, but it's working. And if you need help First of all, there's a million tools on the internet right now. Um, I would mm-hmm. see Pod Save the People is like an excellent place to start. It's very well done. Um, DeRay McKesson and Brittany Packnett Cunningham uh, are excellent. And you can just like write down things you want to say. But also, reach out to people who are those annoying people who are normally trying to get you to, you know, sign the petition, canvas, whatever, they probably have a good template for how to have those hard conversations. I'm happy Mm -hmm. to talk to people about it. I know your friend, our friend, Sam Cotton, uh, she's one of those people who's been doing the same thing. If you are a Mm non-black person and you don't feel comfortable exposing yourself to a virus, totally understand. Make yourself one of these people. Put it on your Instagram. Say, I'm here to coach you through a conversation that you can have with family members who don't agree with you with friends who don't understand that's what Mm -hmm. we should all be doing for each other right now it's pretty straightforward like there's not a lot you can lose from having those conversations you Um, also can fucking sit on your couch and send so many goddamn emails i've found out i send so many emails and it feels for a second so good when i send it and then i take it another breath and go i need to fucking send another thing and you and that's good like do that it's so good make the calls send the emails send the texts like there's so much you could do just sitting on your phone and that's what you're all doing anyway like we're all doing that and just make it active and make good choices um, another thing I wanted to say, um, coming back to Bravo, one thing that I can tell you specifically as someone who's worked in a lot of TV writers' rooms, right? Viewership is the most powerful thing that networks listen to. You might think that you as one person watching a show don't have that much power. I can tell you every single show I've ever been on, every single time an episode premieres, the first thing we talk about the next morning is how many people watch the show. They release numbers every single time there's an episode. It tells you whether your show will live or die. It tells you whether you will have a job next season. It's extremely important. If you are a viewer of Bravo and you like The Housewives and you have not started watching Real Housewives of Atlanta and you have not started watching Real Housewives of Potomac, vote for black women's stories on Bravo with your viewership. If you need a break from how brutal the news is right now, sit on your couch, go on Hulu, start watching both of those franchises. It's excellent and there's no excuse to not support those kinds of stories on the channel that you love. 
110%. My like head hurts from me nodding this whole time. <laughs> also, you guys are fucking welcome. They're so good. Like it's uh, uh, it's like the fact that this ugh, yeah it, but go fucking enjoy please. Potomac is coming back up. It's premiering again soon. The last two ugh, seasons of it wait. have been so interesting. Like go watch it. Like tell Bravo, tweet at Bravo. Ask why there's no why is there only one black housewife on the history of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? This is Los Angeles. Like it's yeah. a diverse city. Like what are we doing? I mean, there's not yeah. one black housewife. Some housewife on Real Houses of New York, but somehow it's okay for Luann to show up as fucking Diana Ross in blackface for Halloween. I mean, there are serious things here that we all joke around about, but it is not the time to sweep the shit under the rug. People need to hear from you. Tweet, Instagram them, post about it. I fucking watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine get canceled and then switch to another network because, like you know 10,000 people tweeted about it that may sound like a lot of people it's not that many people there's way yeah. more people watching these shows you have a voice use it in every aspect of your life obviously reality tv is not like the most important piece of all of this but it is a piece of white supremacy that we have the power to affect and we got to be doing it fucking right now right now uh, on our couch right now, right now. <laughs> on our couch right now no we talk so much about how we have had really great moments of connecting with unique and relatable storylines that we're seeing on places on shows like uh, that bravo has and like what let's let's make that to the umpteenth degree let's have it really fucking reflect everything that's happening in our lives and in our country and let's see everybody like th let's fucking see all of us it's ugh. and you could do it on your couch yeah let's do it should we talk about um a very relevant topic on vanderpump rules this week uh how lisa and the show decided to handle max and brett using the n-word on twitter at the reunion yeah what an absolute joke okay so the idea that a hetero cis female executive producer white executive producer of the show lisa vanderpump is the only check or balance on whether or not or not cast members are being racist or harassing people or being irresponsible is fucking crazy of course they're not gonna be racist right in front of you you're their white boss what kind of system is that and then lisa goes on to check that or to say that using the n-word on twitter multiple times over as if one time is not egregious i've never done that i can tell you right now 100 million percent i've never ever done that uh <laughs> multiple times for both of these people and she equates it with like jacks coming in like coked up and flipping people off and she's like you guys have all exhibited bad behavior and if i never forgave any of you then you'd all be fired that's insane those are two separate things and they should it's it's insulting that she was she would equalize them. Right. Incredibly, incredibly. It was also it, it was so the way it was handled in terms of like the editing of this actual reunion was also so offensive because it was brushed over so quickly. And also let me add like after Jax himself brings it up, like it's not Lisa bringing it up. It's not Andy bringing it up. It's Jax fucking Taylor being like, well, what about Max's tweets? It's like, okay, first of all, terrible way for this to even be brought up. And then 
to just handle, like, throw everybody some softballs for, like, some won't even pass as, like, any kind of excusable answers and, and conversation about it. And then we blow over it and we talk about something else that's so fucking stupid. And to sandwich something that's so important and so offensive and, like, that could lead to a real discussion in between, like, Sandoval in costumes and like Lala saying something sassy is so troublesome to me. Like that's that's the worst kind of just like brushing it under the rug. Let's fucking have that difficult conversation. And Lisa, you, this is this is a behavior of somebody who needs to be fired. Wouldn't you be proud to be running a business where you're fucking firing people who are behaving in a racist fucking way? And it's insane like, I, to me that like you know. Tom Sandoval seemed to say, like, that wasn't my decision. That was Lisa's decision. Let's have Tom talk about how he wanted it handled. You know, like, I'm yeah. sitting here as a viewer. Like, I have to assume what the conversation was behind the scenes, whether or not Tom thought that it was appropriate to keep them on the show. Like, if if you are going to have – I mean, we've had plenty of times where there's been other discussions about gay slurs that were used on these shows that Andy himself is comfortable having that conversation about, right? Mm -hmm. Let's do the same thing, and let's build a system where there are people who are black so they can reflect on how that behavior is affecting them. The fact that that was in an all-white room and the all-white room decided that this was fine is unacceptable. A, a thousand percent. And also, as we're learning, it doesn't... <laughs> that's no fucking excuse to not talk about it. And it could still have been a conversation with all of those white people on their webcam that was still unpacked in a better way. And someone on that screen could have acknowledged that this is a fucking 40-person white cast having this show dealing with this issue but fucking talk about that unpack that like you don't need like you don't need any kind of permission to still have that conversation yeah and not talking about it is admitting that it's not important to you and you don't care like you guys have some sort of hall pass because this is an all-white show and you fucking don't you have to hold yourself to a much higher level of accountability i think one thing that we're all sort of shaking off right now that maybe a lot of people felt before was that they didn't know where their place in this conversation was and they were afraid to make a mistake and like this was a niche issue that if you weren't black like you didn't know if it was okay to get involved and I think the one thing that has happened I mean literally I saw on Twitter yesterday that there were protests in all 50 50 states and I think 16 other countries I might be wrong about the countries and so this has become the largest uh, civil rights movement in the entire world that's not the case make mistakes try your best learn from them that's how we do mm -hmm. everything in our life so if it's unacceptable to say we are just going to have this like bullshit apology for saying the n-word because clearly everyone knows saying the n-word is bad and mm -hmm. move on from it that's it, like i think you're right i think we need to have those conversations to unpack like what the fuck were you thinking and how did this make your coworkers feel? I know for a fact there's there's black people who work at Sir and Tom Tom. I don't know about Villablanca because I've never been there. Wouldn't be surprised if there weren't any black wait staff. But it's just it's ridiculous. Like I just don't know what else to say. Do we want to talk about this um this thread that we saw on Instagram uh with Faith and Lisa yeah. and Kristen and Stassi? This is insane. <laughs> it is. And it, it made me, it was another one of these moments where like you had sent it to me and I was reading it and I was so 
frustrated and like disappointed in myself for never having heard any of this before. Um, and I think that I think a, a lot of people who are listening, maybe who are also big, like reality TV fans, like that's okay. I felt like if you're going to feel like a piece of shit, like let that motivate you to then be like, I'm not going to make this mistake again. I'm, I'm going to make sure that my eyes are wide open and my ears are open. And this story is so in fucking sane. And I can't believe that Stasi and Kristen and Lisa have never been just completely held accountable for this. It's insane. Do you want to walk through it? And then what we could post about it too, right? Yeah. So essentially Faith, basically the producers. Okay. You guys remember Faith. She had sex with Jax, you know, Brittany, Rotten Hell, all that. Right. Okay. So the perception <laughs> of this has been Lisa. Her comments have definitely been like, she was like a temptress and like a slut. And she like tricked old Jax Taylor into fucking, I mean, ridiculous. Um, Faith was quoted in this New York Times article essentially saying that the producer said she, you know, we don't have a lot of color on this show, so it would be so great to have you, which is tokenism, right? Um, In this thread that we read on Instagram, Faith says that they wanted her to do a fake storyline where she threatened Lala with a knife, and she was like, I can't do that. Like, do you see how that looks? Do you see the optics of that? Also, let's talk about all the other scenes in Vanderpump with weapons. Like, what do you fucking mean? Like, that's so fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. it's it makes it makes no sense. Um, And then when she refused to do that, it seemed like she sort of had a target on her back um, from Lisa, basically from for like disobeying them. Um, I she, you know, went on to sleep with Jax. She was never compensated for any of her time on the show. Is that accurate? Is that what they said in that Instagram thread? Yeah. Which is insane because she propped up the entire season storyline. There is no storyline in that season without that event. No. So the fact that they And Lala got paid. Lala passing on information about what what happened with faith is it like ended up helping her launch even farther into her stardom while Faith didn't get paid yeah um then so that's problematic and she chose not to participate as a full-time cast member because of the way she was being treated she said she was definitely being treated differently than the rest of the cast then Kristen and Stassi on their own saw this picture of a black woman who was accused of stealing what was it a purse or a jacket do you remember it was that she was like the the article was about a woman who was like supposedly seducing like men in clubs and stealing their credit cards and stuff and and had stolen uh the jacket a purse yeah just like was committing theft okay so then they decide Kristen and Stassi decide to become detectives They decide to make fun of Faith for having no place to live because she was living on people's couches. So this could this definitely could be her. They say that they thought it was her from this one photo that was taken, which is problematic. And they say that she stole in the photo. She was wearing a stolen jacket from Logan, James's friend. The Instagram thread that we saw basically went through uh, Logan's Instagram Uh, profile and said like if this was Logan's favorite jacket I've not seen one picture of him wearing it and like posted a bunch of other jackets that he's wearing she actually did pretty good work on that she did Um, obviously (laughs) that's not totally conclusive it's beside the point Stassi and Kristen decided to call the police 
and tell them that they knew that it was faith based on that one picture when it's clearly not faith. Now, this is now we're in a situation where you should not ever call the police. <laughs> don't call the police. <laughs> Just don't do it. Especially not if there's a black person involved, okay? Mm-hmm. The fact that these two fucking bitches took to their social media profile to take down this girl who was already dragged to hell on this fucking show and didn't get paid for it is extremely racist. It's not okay. And that is the only time we've ever had a significant storyline about any black person on Vanderpump Rules. Do better. Do there's so much room for improvement. I know you can do it. It's, yeah, it's an incredibly <laughs> huge amount of room for improvement. It's insane. I don't, I, how does, how the fuck has this whole harassment been happening on Twitter and like they're fucking off scot free? Like, I don't, I do not understand how that is possible. It's, it's just insane to me. Sometimes I feel like the internet is so vast that like, you know, you post something and then someone's like, what milkshake duck? Like, did you see this? And you're just like, Oh fuck, you know, whatever. I, I totally like, I don't follow all of them on Twitter. I don't follow all of their, you know, we have our own Instagram account for this podcast now. And it's nice to have my own timeline of just reality TV stuff. Cause I don't want that shit every day in my life with like all my friends and all the things I care about and whatever I want to be able to like separate it so I understand Mm -hmm. that it's like hard to keep track of all this shit it's not it's it's not we are not the executive producers of the show they should be keeping track of this shit you know and we talked about when when the tweets from Max and Brett first came out and we talked about it on this podcast and we were like this is so incredibly disappointing that either this research and all of this background work wasn't done or even worse if it was and they didn't fucking care and both are so incredibly egregious and just inexcusable especially considering the ability and breadth of the internet you can fucking figure it out yeah when you're casting people let's start by casting a more diverse cast and then fucking maybe do a google search like you could do so many things bravo that you're how just many not times has doing. this also happened on the bachelor where you have Ugh. a contestant who has problematic tweets. Garrett, who won and ended up with Becca, he has problematic tweets. Fucking, I didn't even know this, but I guess Hannah Brown was on her Instagram live singing a rap song, also said the N-word, and then kind of was like, did I say it? Oh, my God. No, I didn't say it. Did I say it? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not okay. It's not Okay, also, if you're not a black person and there's a song that you enjoy, never say the N-word. Don't say it. There's no It's very easy to not say it. Situation it's so easy to not say Where it. you should ever say it. Just don't say it. It's easy. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, we are left as viewers to wonder with all the tools at their disposal. This season was fucking Victoria F. and White Lives Matter, whatever the fuck that was. Are producers planting these peoples for drama? Because if that's the case, then we're fucking done with these shows. If you yeah, this is not this is not what we want to see. No, in any way, plenty of other drama. Like it's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm done. I'm fucking done. I want to have one thing in my life that I can fucking enjoy that's not contributing to systemic racism and consequentially the death and destruction of black people in this country and i don't think that's too much to ask okay (laughs) (laughs) 
It's not. It's not. And if this is a lesson in anything, too, it just shows that this is so deeply rooted in every single fucking thing that we do and we consume and we watch and we read. And it's it's now it's like this time where we're asking all of these questions and we're unearthing all of these issues and all of these really fucked up things that we've just been like complicit in letting happen. So whether it's it feels as small as like this fucking reality TV addiction we have, it's not small. It's a big deal and it changes our lives. And just find all of these things and as exhausting as it could feel, it's going to feel so fucking good when it does change because we're asking for it. Also, I'm not mad at you guys. I'm just mad in general. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have to say that to my boyfriend all the time when I get like this. I'm like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. I'm just angry. No, it's good. This is good. It's just like this is it's not even it's it's passion and it is. It is inspiring and it's important to use our voice no matter if you feel like how small it is and use your money and your time and just every part of your energy can be dedicated to this. It really can't and you're going to feel better for it because it's the right thing to do. It's such a right thing to do to be a yes. good person and think about the – think about – I've seen this online and I've th- been thinking it a lot of like doing with the things that – In the future, if you have kids or nieces or nephews or you're talking to a kid years from now, you could be like, this is what I was doing during that time. Like, like what what can you be proud of? And nothing is too small. It could feel very overwhelming and nothing is too small. And when you need those tiny mental health breaks, if you're feeling like completely, completely overwhelmed, go fucking watch Real Housewives of Potomac on Hulu. Like, go do that. That's that's what we will allow. And and go watch a fucking Shonda Rhimes show and like go like I, it's just watch it's, Insecure. It's easy. Listen to watch Insecure. Oh my people. God, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a million. Come on, we don't have to list them. Figure it out. Use Google. Step one. We got this. <laughs> we got this, Google. people. We fucking got this. If DeRay McKesson thinks that we can really make a permanent change then then you should be inspired by that this is there's a lot of hope in this situation this is something that's not new it's something that most people have heard of it's something that we are now just deciding to like fully end for good let's do it we mm-hmm. got this mm-hmm. we do oh, all right man. let's listen Fuck. to the stupid fucking show <laughs> that ryan talked about it's really funny all right it couldn't be Let like me... dumber but it's very funny <laughs> It's very dumb. Yeah, we uh, as we promised, this is just a very silly and I'll say nerdy because both you and Ryan end up being like huge fans of the mint, which is such yeah. a weird thing I've never thought about before <laughs> this interview. For context, I also just want to say that we actually did this interview with Ryan months ago. Um, so any lack of talking about current events is due to that. Yes. yes and he's um, out there protesting. He's posting about it on his Instagram. Like, you know, Ryan's really funny and is very much on board with everything that I'm fucking screaming about right now. Yes. He also recently started dabbling in music so please enjoy his first real hit as our little transition song into this very silly interview. This is a song about brioche. Bread. It's good. It's good bread. Brioche, brioche, yeah. Ladies and gents, we have the honor, the pleasure of having the great, funny, 
and just so handsome and sweet, Ryan O'Flanagan. <laughs> the honor is all mine. Thank you for having me. <laughs> He's an uh, amazing comedian. You've seen him on Comedy Central. You've seen him on Netflix. You've seen him on YouTube. Oh, He's all over YouTube. currently getting uh, uh, basically sued by Ralph's, the grocery store. Yes. yes. Why? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I filmed a video in there that I thought was just great. I thought it was great publicity for them. I don't think I said anything bad about them. And then Ralph's themselves responded. They commented on the video. <laughs> Ralph's with the little blue check mark said, <laughs> "Wow, Ryan, uh, are you a salesman? We got some openings." And I responded. I was like, "This means so much to me." And it was such a beautiful moment between Ryan and Ralph's. <laughs> and then just a couple weeks ago, I get served with a cease and desist order in the We're mail. We're doing. What? What just for, you? I think uh, my theory <laughs> is, uh, or what I had heard was someone like that famous video of people licking ice cream in the grocery stores and putting it back on the shelves. Right, that, yeah. That happened at Ralph's. Yeah. So Ralph's bunkers. had kind of a publicity thing, and I think they're worried about a video of some lunatic running around in their store <laughs> unsupervised. Yeah, I And they're equating you. me with that guy. Did you lick I, anything or no? I swear to God I didn't lick Okay, good. <laughs> well, then I'm on your side. <laughs> Wait, also before we get into the show, I just want to tell my favorite story about Ryan, which is before I ever met him and before Taylor and I were doing a podcast together, I heard him on another podcast talk about how once a year his former apartment God, was infested with fleas. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and no. then when I met him, I was like, you're the flea guy. <laughs> and you've never stopped being the flea guy in my mind. Okay, that's understandable. That Please. was your, you have yeah. all this this huge body of work on YouTube, so many fans, <laughs> and I just know you from having fleas in your apartment. I mean, yeah, that's how do you get that out of your head? <laughs> but you know what? Once I Once you like equate someone with fleas, it's it's all over. We've graduated past that at this point. We have a deeper connection. So. Yes, and I moved. I moved to everyone. <laughs> yes. I don't have fleas anymore. <laughs> now Alyssa's just perpetuating this flea <laughs> reputation on our podcast. Ryan's like, please, yeah. God, I moved. I moved. His apartment is beautiful. It has no fleas. No fleas. Hardwood floor. That's the thing. His last place had carpet. Fleas love a carpet. Oh, great. Mm. Well, we got carpet over here, so we're fucked. So be um, careful. Okay, so let's get back to Awake. Let's uh, awake. let's dive in. I don't know anything about this show, so you're going to explain yeah, awake, it to everyone. It's a fairly new show. It's on Netflix. And uh, it's a game show that just came out this past year, I believe. Do you want me to just explain how it works? Yeah, yes. explain how it works. So Awake, I think it's a brilliant concept. Clumsily done is how <laughs> I would explain Awake. <laughs> awake, the premise is there's seven contestants on every episode. And they start each episode. Uh, the beginning of the episode is a montage of these seven contestants from all walks of life mm-hmm. in a big white room an insane asylum type room and they are counting quarters there's a big <laughs> bin of quarters at the center of the room that says awake on it and then people they all have their little tables and they have to stay awake for 24 hours uh just shoveling quarters and counting them and putting them in their own little bin <laughs> and uh and they're going insane and the big problem is they make it seem like it's such a silly thing right we were just talking last night how being awake for 24 hours you'd go insane yeah 
Wait. But they make it seem like this cartoonish, fun like activity. <laughs> like, can you believe they're awake for twenty four hours? I'd kill myself. It's if like they for you. The show forced them to be awake for yeah. twenty four hours. They didn't choose to just stay up all day as an experiment. They're trying to win something. That's yeah. so weird. And um, they can win a million dollars. How many? Like, give us a visual of how many quarters there are to count. Is it like a trough so, of quarters? Yeah, I would say a trough is a great word. It's okay. uh, uh, yeah, I would say it's a big bin that's about I would say probably uh, six six by four feet. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, and it's maybe four feet tall, and it's just full of quarters, dirty quarters, which is the first time last Ew. night, the episode we saw, that this girl, uh, they were counting quarters, and she goes, hope nobody's a germaphobe, and she holds up her fingers, and her fingers were just gray. Black. Yeah. yeah, from just, like, touching so many so quarters. So they're just, like, legit, they're not, Yuck. like, fake little awake tokens. They're actual, yeah. like, U.S. Quarters currency from, quarters, from and the there's world. thousands oh, of them. Do you yeah. think they have, like, a deal with the mint or something, like, to get all those quarters? <laughs> <laughs> how do you how get, do you that, get many that many quarters? <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't um, know there were that many quarters. Disgusting. Money is disgusting. Everything's disgusting, yeah, is I think what we're Especially, learning now. Yeah, this day yeah. and age. Yeah, that was a t- bad time to see that episode. Which yeah. Was last night, I thought, yuck. <laughs> okay, so they count quarters. <laughs> so they're for counting quarters. Hours. And usually they count the average. Usually they count around you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of quarters. I would say wow. is the average. Yeah. Is the average Isn't amount. That nuts? I That's that? nuts. How, and then how imagine? many? So <laughs> look. Math is not my forte. So h- about how many quarters is that? Uh, whatever that um, number is times, times four. four. Probably so 100,000 quarters. 80,000 to 100,000-ish. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll, so they're yeah. counting quarters. And uh, so that's the first 24 hours. And then, so the episode starts uh, with these seven people walking into the game show set, the studio. Okay. After having, and then we meet the people, and then it does a flashback, and it shows them counting all their quarters. And sometimes there's drama. Sometimes people are trying to uh, distract one another. Some people are doing different. Some people are straight up falling asleep. Okay. Some people are doing push-ups. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone's going through their own thing. I hate when there's jacked people. I hate <laughs> jacked people on game shows. <laughs> Keep jacked people off of game shows. I was they watching one today allowed. to refresh. Yeah, and this guy was like flexing and trying to be like intimidating. Get this fucking guy out of here. Only noodles. He's already jacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, so then they sh- come on the show. Okay. And they have just counted uh, for 24 hours, and the uh, the people behind the show have verified how much they have actually counted. So now the first thing that happens is two people are instantly eliminated. Before the games even begin, and the games have yet to even begin, there's <laughs> yeah. physical challenges is the meat of the show. Okay. So two people get eliminated, and they are the person who has counted the least amount of quarters. Okay, makes sense. And the person who is guessed on how much they counted uh, was the most off, the least accurate. Oh. So that motivates you to not, you would think like, okay, I just have to stay awake 24 hours and I want to be accurate, so I'll only I'll count very slowly. And then you're like, no, I don't want to be the yeah, person who counted the least. But right. you also want to count as accurately because they, if you're like, ah, I'm somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. they also immediately eliminate you. Yeah. What is the biggest it's difference that you've seen? The biggest difference, I swear to God, was like $73,000 someone has been <laughs> off, which is crazy. And how do you live the rest of your life? You, you must think, oh, man, am I like a crazy person? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Are people, like, are they taking drugs to stay up? Because that could really fuck with your memory and stuff. Know. That's a good question. I wonder I if they're allowed they to are. take I think they were just drinking Adderall water, maybe like five-hour energies or something crazy Yeah, like maybe. That. That makes sense. I would just be crying. So, you know, whatever happened I know, after that. I know, it would that, make me emotional. Yeah. 
Seventy-three thousand dollars, and he and it was just like a grown man who was like, "Wait, yeah. what?" And yeah, he guessed, he guessed like a yeah, he guessed like a hundred thousand dollars. Wait, the account so of like twenty-seven thousand. Okay. What do you mean guess? Because they're counting them. So they're counting them, but the, it's been twenty-four hours. They're losing count so much, <laughs> and they're getting distracted. And you don't realize we can't even like fathom what that's like to count quarters for twenty-four who hours. Who pitched yeah. this I show? I can't even really. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. It's that's a great the, idea. That's, We're that's not so even in that about They're it. They're like, look, it's such a good idea, idea for a show. in the whole world. We get a bunch of quarters, right? <laughs> and then <laughs> we torture people, and then we make them look like fools. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's a super stoner show, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it really caters to stoners, but I think it's produced. We'll get into it. How fucking goofy they make it. Okay. Here's my first idea, because they come straight from the asylum room to the uh like to the studio stage. yeah and they right away they know or the producers who, the counters know how much they counted so they just counted seven people's amounts of like 20 to thirty thousand dollars each that fast how do they do it do they have a counting machine they have and to. if they have a counting machine i think show the counting machine yeah <laughs> i would love to see the counting machine what great <laughs> content I've never seen a big quarter counting machine before. Just like a gigantic coin yeah, star. Yeah, so I imagine it'd be a yeah. big metal thing. And like a big coin star. Yeah. And, like a uh, Chuck E. Cheese style quarter counter. That's such a funny boy <laughs> thing to think of. But I would never I would never be like, where's the machine? I want to see the machine. But well, like, you're like, of course, machine. obviously show us the machine. This is probably a great <laughs> machine. It's like unwrapped. But no, honestly, if you go on a tour of the Mint, I'm, I'm plugging the Mint this episode. I went yeah, on a tour of the, the Mint, mint in eighth grade. It's fascinating. You see how they get all the quarters into the like paper tubes that go to the banks. Like that's What basically Mint did you go to? Denver? I no, I think I went to the one in Philly. Philly, there's the two, right? Unless there's, there's one in, Philly. yeah, there's not one in DC like proper, right? So we must have taken a trip because we saw the Liberty Bell when I was in eighth grade, and then we went to the Mint. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think quarters. I think it might have a little bit of trivia for you. I think I might have a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh so wow. So here we go. So quarters right here. I'm gonna show you, right where it says under uh, "In God We Trust." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. See right there. It says uh, it says P uh-huh. under. That means it was made in Philly. Wow. And if it has a D, it was made in Denver. Wow. So it's the two mints. Everyone little look at bit. their quarters. <laughs> yeah, look at your quarters. So <laughs> <laughs> a little quarter trivia. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> you also went on the mint tour, it appears. <laughs> I know. I used to... Remember when the state quarters first started coming out? I had a yes. little, co- I had a little co- uh, collection. That does yeah, not Yeah, did you get me. that yeah. cardboard... Thing where you put them all in the yes, I had the cardboard thing. Yeah, that and then my dad, my dad comes into my room one day. He says, "Buddy, I got bad news for you. You only got half a collection because <laughs> you got to get all the D's and all the P's." Oh, and that's no. how I learned that. Wow, <laughs> things are fucking up my whole life, my Dad. Stupid wow. dad. Sucks. Uh, that's anyway. insane. Okay, keep going. Okay, so let's get so to the meat I think of the they show. Should, I think they should show the counting machine. I agree. Also, a thing that bothers me is that they could totally just fuck with you. Because at the end, you can win a million dollars based on how well you remember what you counted. We'll get to that. Uh, but the show could totally just fucking lie and not give you a million dollars. It'd be terrible, but they could do it. Who knows how what Netflix is up to? So I think <laughs> show the machine. Anyway, yeah. so let me get into the meat of the show. And the meat of the show, so now there's five contestants left. And they have to do these physical challenges that are supposed to be like really hard to do because you're so sleep deprived. But they're uh-huh. super hard to do regardless. They have nothing yeah. to do with sleep, which is fine. <laughs> uh, I think the challenges are great. I think they're very creative. <laughs> I think there should 
So there's uh, five people doing challenges, and one person gets eliminated every round. I, I wish, I do wish there was. I was thinking, I wish there was a some sort of a team element for one of the challenges, mm. and I think it should be separate from the regular meet of the show. I think they should have one quick round when there's four people left. They do two teams of two and some challenge, and the winning team, each of them get $1,000 regardless. Mm. Whether you win, lose, go home, whatever. That's smart. Just as a separate little fun thing, teams. That's smart. So and anyway. at this point, example, have people been awake for more than 24 hours, or do they yeah. get to Yes. And they okay. have a little, they have like a little clock on the bottom that says like, awake four. And when yeah. they bring them out on the stage, it says 24 hours, and that keeps ticking. So if you make it Oof. through to the second challenge, you're awake for like 25 more minutes, 30 more minutes, then you're awake. So by the end, the person who is standing has been awake for like 25 or 26 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they just go on and on. And an example of some of the, they, they try to make little fun cheesy facts about like sleep deprivation and how that yes. affects your body like in one of the one of the first challenges they made the contestants listen to a, a pair of headphones that had a sequence of 20 animal sounds yeah like different it would be like a moo and then a dog bark <laughs> and then like a hummingbird or fucking something and in the corner it'll be like sleep deprivation actually gives you the memory of a goldfish oh and you're like God. wait what like what kind of scientific <laughs> yeah. fact is Dang, that like and then they make them listen to it once and then they have these cards with all these animals in front of them and they have to line them up in the order that they heard them. And watching it, it's like, yeah, we're watching it. Like, I would not be I don't able to do that. I a single one of these. Yeah, I would. Every challenge I have is completely impossible. Yeah. They'll be like, uh, we're going to drop uh, a bunch of dollars from the sky Mm -hmm. uh, and there isn't there like something blowing from underneath them and yes. you have to like catch as many as you can that's like they're so sleepy they can't do this thing wow yeah. but i feel yeah. like this is how i sort of feel about d like a dui uh test like i I've never, I've never drunk driven or been pulled over for drunk driving or been suspected of drunk driving. Fingers there you crossed go, that stays th that way for the rest of my life. However, the idea of having to do the alphabet backwards, even when I'm sober, is like insane to me. Like that's part of it. Yeah, like I can't that. even do the alphabet. Yeah, forward. that's something that you have to just <laughs> memorize beforehand. Yeah, that's and that's like thing that's what this feels like to me. Where it's like, look, I might not be good at this if I had a proper night's sleep. You know, yeah. like what do we what do we do? We have to memorize the order of sounds. What if I don't even know which one? Which animal heard of these is making animals? this sound? <laughs> yeah, like what does a hummingbird girl, sound like? Yeah, the girl had a. Um, Oh, what you, oh, it was a bee, yeah, and she kept looking for a, a mosquito bee, card. Bee or a fly or something. Oh, no. She was like, I can't not find this mosquito. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, what was, where do you live where mosquitoes sound like that? <laughs> From the Amazon? Oh, man. Okay. So. Yeah. So there's five contestants at this point, and uh -huh. they play games. So here's what happens. The five contestants play a game, right? And, and they cannot see each other. They're all playing the games separately for the most part. And then... So there's five people. The, the person who did the best at the game, who collected the most or did the most whatever, uh, immediately moves on to the next round. And then they have what's called the buyout. Okay. And the buyout is brilliant. I love the buyout. It's a, it's a genius part of the show where if you think you've done poorly, you can, you can hit your button. You have, everyone has a little pedestal with a little buyout button. You can hit your button. 
and take the buyout, which gets higher and higher as the rounds go. Oh, uh, okay. Or if no one takes the buyout, then whoever did the worst of the game gets eliminated and gets no money. So if you think you did really bad, hit the buyout. And this is where I, this is my biggest problem with the show. <laughs> this is a lot of the things about the show uh, annoy me, but this is the one thing about the show that infuriates me <laughs> is people that they people when people take the buyout. So if you're taking the buyout, you're taking a little bit of money. First round is twenty five hundred. Second round five thousand. Third round seventy five hundred. Fourth round ten thousand. Okay. Which also, I don't like those numbers. I'm going to talk about that after. <laughs> okay. I think. <laughs> I think do you, so if you're do you watch other shows or is it just <laughs> this show? <laughs> I've <Okay. awake. laughs> memorized awake. Okay. Uh, so you take the buyout. So around one, you're gonna take twenty five hundred dollars. If you think you did bad, that's great. And then they announce after that who really did the worst. And if it was the person that took the buyout, that's awesome. Everyone cheers. You got money instead of getting nothing. Right. Kind of like deal or no deal. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's a different person and they're all upset. Oh, this person saved you. You know. But the people that hit the buyout button quickly as some sort of a show of, I'm getting out of here, I'm taking my money. (laughs) That infuriates me. There is no advantage to hitting the buyout button quickly. Always wait until the last second, because the buyout lasts for 10 seconds. It ticks down from 10, and then you can hit your button. I think the buyout should be three seconds. (laughs) I think there should, it makes no sense to hit the thing early, always wait because if someone else hits their buyout, you automatically go on to the next level, oh. and then you can suck at that level, and then you can hit that buyout. What is the advantage of hitting your buyout early instead of waiting for someone else to save you? People You're think just... they're fucking making a show and like hitting their like, I, I, I'm smart, I'm getting out of here because I know I did bad. Let someone else think they did bad. That's it true. makes me so angry when people hit the buyout <laughs> wow. quickly. So I think buyouts should be three seconds. And I also think the buyout payouts, which are 2500 5000 7500 and 10000 should not be linear like that. They just go up $2,500 every time, which is silly to me. I think it should be an exponential. I think it should be 1000 3000 7000 15000 is my proposal. Which, if you're a degenerate gambler, you might recognize that as... Those are parlay uh, exponential uh, <laughs> levels. Because I think if you know that the next level is just another $2,500, I think that's just kind of a boring linear uh, yeah. increase in money. I but if you're kind of, if it's like, if it's exponentially increasing, 1000 3000 7000 15000 yeah. I think it's, that's only for the first time viewer that that's like exciting. If you know how much the amounts are, then that's not really exciting. But I think you have a lot of first time viewers. I think yeah. that excitement of guess how much you're going to win this time. That's a that's a whole <laughs> another thing. But when you're watching it for the first time, you're just like, oh, it's just an extra twenty five hundred dollars again. They keep get increasing it by the same amount is uh, kind of boring to me. Um, anyway, I think I think you you spin a wheel. What about that? Just put all those oh amounts on God, a wheel. Oh my God, that's genius. Maybe you just a wheel would be great. They do did all this for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, honestly, honestly, the but the I think the the biggest problem that the show has is I don't want to say the host. <laughs> I'm not going to say the host, but the the, the, host, like. the host is this guy named James Davis. And he <laughs> is on this show. He is the corniest fucking dork. And he is a very talented, fucking smooth, experienced stand-up. No, and I've seen no. this, a bunch of his stand-up, and he is fucking great. And he's... 
really knows what he's doing as a stand-up. Uh-huh. I don't think he's happy. <laughs> I don't think he's happy on the show. I think they dumbed him down to make him be this quirky really game show kind of yeah. dorky guy. You know, I had no idea he was a stand-up comic. James Davis is a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I think the show needs someone who kind of also shits on the contestants a little bit more. Yeah. I think he does like kind of like playful stuff, but I think if you really, people look ridiculous. The challenges they do are absurd. Yeah. And they need to be, I think they need microphones in the people's faces while they're doing the challenges and immediately after. Another thing I don't like about the show is the talking <laughs> head. They, they do a lot of talking head stuff, which is people's uh, heads floating. As they're doing the challenges, which they recorded after, and they're like, at this point, oh, my God, I was so tired. My hands were shaking. But it's this awkward, like, green room interview that I think it needs to – they need to get rid of that and just do interviews. They need to talk to the people while they're doing the challenges. Yeah, just yeah. laugh them. And immediately after, like, what were you feeling? What was going on in there? Instead of doing that awkward – it's just weird – I'd hate or the, like the you know head. like Iron Chef, they have the host come up with the camera and the microphone and be like, "Chef, how are you feeling about this that liquid nitrogen ice cream or like whatever yes, you know more something of that. like that." Like Definitely and then that throws that. them off of their counting. It's great. Look, we have a lot yeah. of, of ways to like upscale the show. I, think. I knew yeah. that he had notes. I did not know he had like a full campaign <laughs> prepared for this. It's Look. such a great idea for a show. The challenges are great. But I think it's produced. I don't know enough about TV or game shows or whatever to know who's responsible for, like, the full presentation. Like, the music and the the jokes and the weird kind of crowd work that he does sometimes, the hosts, and just the whole visual uh, aspect of it. It's all very cheesy, and it's wasted on such a good <laughs> idea for a show. I okay. think it needs to be more da- it needs to be more gritty. It needs to be I think it needs to be darker. I think the music needs to be like like rock music instead of the cheesy game show music. Uh-huh. And okay. fucking cooler hosts. All right. Make it more of a stoner show. <laughs> I don't know. These are my thoughts. I think it is it is a really cool concept because uh, it does make you go, holy shit, my body would be so different if yeah. it was awake. Have you, Ryan, ever been awake for twenty four hours? Probably. I think I probably did one of those things in college where you have to stay up and write yeah, like a play or something. I think true. I did that once. What about um, women on the show? Because <laughs> that's what the podcast is about. I will, yeah. I will say the most recent episode we watched, uh, it is funny to see the people's attitudes change as the show goes on. And then the most recent episode last night, um, the woman who ended up making it to the very end was – just consistently over it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. like she was never laughing she at the host joke. Yeah, middle-aged accountant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she she was a good sport in that she did everything and she did it pretty well, but yeah. she looked very unhappy. Yeah. And I like that. And I think sometimes there's there's some girl contestants on the show who are like still trying to like be smiley and push their way through it. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm here for this girl. I like that she's just yeah, like fucking doing it, and she doesn't feel she's the miserable. Need. She's focused. She's like, yeah. I'm gonna stay up for 24 hours. I'm not gonna f- be joking around afterwards. I'm gonna <laughs> win this fucking money. Yeah, you know, she won a shit ton of money. She won like thirty thousand. Yeah, she, she won, won whatever like, she like counted. Thirty two thousand dollars. You know what I would like to see is an episode where it's just. Working dads versus stay-at-home moms with a newborn baby. Yeah. Whoa. That's yeah. where the women will shine, I think. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I do think, yeah, I, it is, uh, the, the episodes I've seen are pretty 50-50 
gender. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. It doesn't. Uh, there's no advantage to being a, a big, strong man. Either That's way, why get they the don't fuck, get the jocks out. Get the jocks out. I hate. We the don't want them. <laughs> I do think mom, if you did just one mom's episode, they would fucking slay. 100% moms. moms I would up. always root. F- yeah. <laughs> moms would be, are probably the best at that show. Yeah. They are, f- they are, their minds are never really, even when they're sleeping, they're never really sleeping. Yeah. For the first if you few go years. in your parents' room <laughs> at night when you're a kid, who got up? Mom or dad? Mm-hmm. Trina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trina always pops right up. For sure, mom. That's so interesting. I wonder if, like, you know, there's some biology to, like, hormones or whatever, like, who has an advantage staying up later. We don't know. What yeah. is your – you've said that this is a great stoner show. Yeah. Talk to us about the first time you discovered this show. Paint us a picture of what this – yeah, you've given notes on what you don't like about it, but tell us how you how this reality yes, competition the show, show fits into your life. Yeah, the show is definitely found in a comeback uh, to my apartment uh, uh, post uh, drinking at the bars, uh, doing some drugs. Come to my apartment, <laughs> put on the put on something random on Netflix, and the description what just absolutely spoke to me. The description is contestants <laughs> up for twenty four hours and they have to play a game. So I'm like, yeah. That's <laughs> how has this not been a show yet? And I put it on, and it's brilliant, except for the goddamn host. <laughs> <laughs> and did, did everyone you? respond to it the same way you did? People love it. Yeah. Awake is always a smash hit when you put it on. Highly recommend it. You have a group of friends over. If you're ever allowed to have groups of friends over ever yeah. again, highly recommend putting on Awake. Jimmy Tatro is a big fan. I see him posting oh, on his nice. stories. Uh, uh, so it's, it's it's reached. It's reached you know, A-list celebrities posting about it level. That's it's a great. Big, it's a big. Uh, it's a big deal, and it could be huge if they fix some of these goddamn <laughs> issues. If you, <laughs> if you had to pitch a female host, do you have anyone in mind like who, oh, who you think would Beth do a better Stelling. job? Who? Beth Stelling, Deborah DiGiovanni. Yes, Deborah DiGiovanni. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's great. Paige Weldon. Um, I'm just I'm plugging Googling some comedians that I are. like. So yeah. I I'm like, who are show. these people? <laughs> Do you have uh, anything else that you can plug for us, Ryan? You can find me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Ryan O'Flan. And, uh, yeah, that's really it. I got a website, RyanOflanian.com. Amazing. For shows and whatever. I mostly talk about Awake. <laughs> I I rant. He has an amazing uh, Comedy Central. uh, It's a 30-minute special. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a 30-minute special. He is spectacular in American Vandal on Netflix. He has a very funny cameo in Dave. Yeah. And, yeah, so just... Consume all the Ryan O'Flan stuff that you can yeah. uh, in this wow. foreign times. He has some really great um, also coronavirus tips on his channel. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming and, Thanks for having and talking me. to us about a week, dude. It was an honor. I'm excited to tap elbows with you. Yeah. <laughs>